Welcome to Christ and Culture, a podcast about two kingdoms, man's kingdom and God's kingdom, and how they collide. What's up, guys? We are back, man. This is Christ and Culture podcast, and I am getting to interview a, uh, a mentor of mine, a good buddy and a pastor from uh, my childhood church, and in, in which uh, helped me to be the person that I am here you are listening to today. So it's an honor to be able to have him on. It's Pastor Tom Dykus from Second Baptist in, in Clarksville, Arkansas. And uh, yeah, he's a good dude, good man, and glad to hear to hear him talking about the church, man. So inter- introduce yourself. What what you want them to know about you, man? Well, I, I'm originally from Arkansas, from Little Rock area, and when I was 19, I moved to Houston, Texas. Lived there for 24 years in Houston. I got saved, got called to the ministry. All three of my kids were born in Texas. And then God called us from Houston to where I I pastored a church there for 11 years. And then he called us back to Arkansas. And I've been at Second Baptist for 18 years now. It's kind of a quick quick story of it, but I was not even a Christian in Arkansas. (laughs) Well, we're glad you're a Christian now, man. Definitely glad. (laughs) And glad you came to Arkansas. I remember yeah. when you when you first came that you said you were already in our you were already in our Canada. It's just that yeah. you had come from Texas, and it's uh it's kind of like the opposite here with me. I'm now I'm in Texas, even though actually I'm driving around, but my base yeah. I guess is Fort Worth, Texas. But I'm I'm always be Arkansas, man. I always be yeah. Arkansas. Yeah, That's you've what uh, it is. you've been passing the church for 18 years now, man. That is quite some time, and I guess time flies. It doesn't seem that long, but doesn't seem yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah, but it has been because uh, yeah, it was it was a long time ago when you came <laughs> to the church, man. That's insane. Yeah. Eighteen years, bro. It's like I hadn't done anything for eighteen years but live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I brought you on, man, because uh, eighteen and eleven years pastoring a church, then you got to know something about the church, right? You you, you got to know uh. uh what it is, what's it supposed to do, who's supposed to be there, why we're there, and all those things, man. And so that's why I brought you on, man. And um, so the first question, I guess, I, I really want to ask you is, is what is the church? What, what do we? What, what is this thing called the church? I, I guess, you know, my first thought when I read your question was think of the local body of believers, not the bigger universal church. But the to me, it's a, a group of people that have gotten together. You know, usually it's, the, it already existed, you know, Second Baptist already existed and people come and go, but they come to worship the Lord, to serve the Lord, to find a place where they can become equipped for ministry and, and do ministry. And, you know, my church is, my son's a, a student pastor in Florida now, and he's taking a group out this weekend to work with Samaritan's Purse, you know, yeah. and they're all members of that church. So, it, you know, you get equipped to serve and you get to go out and serve and of course, do evangelism. There's there's a lot of involved, but it's that group of believers, and it is believers. It's made up of born again believers who are there to serve the Lord in some way. So, if uh, you, you talked about them being believers and they're doing all these things and stuff, and so I, I, I guess then what is what's the function of the church? Then, like uh, what uh, when I go to church. What should I envision seeing there? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Probably, um, I mean, you go to worship. That's why we have the, the church hour or two hours, whatever we do, is to worship the Lord. But I, probably the biggest thing I would think about it is us getting equipped 
to live the Christian life. Yeah. You know, we have Sunday school here. We're pretty traditionally have Sunday school and discipleship and Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night church. And my biggest goal would be to equip believers to, to be able to live for Christ day to day, you know, in the workplace, at school, wherever it may be. So getting equipped to live the Christian life through, you know, through the sermons and Bible study part of it. Yeah, I actually been reading through Ephesians here, and uh, that's one of the biggest things that Paul is talking about. I would say almost the whole book is is about identity, and that identity is being a part of the body of God, and and, and that's one of the things he says that we are there to do is to, to be equipped. As he's giving us right. pastors, teachers, and stuff like that to be equipped, and so I think that that's super important. So if the the goal is for us to be equipped as a as a people of of uh, of God, then then um, how important is it for believers? Uh, to me, it's essential. I mean, I, you run across some senior adults whose health doesn't allow them to go to church, who continue to read their Bibles and pray and that. But most people, once they drop out of church and that accountability and that encouragement, they you know they, they drop away in many ways from the Christian life. Not, not always into sin, but just, you know, God gets put on the back burner of their lives. So church, to me, is essential. Yeah, so something about just being with the body of believers that keeps a person involved in church. Yeah. And because uh, I think you're right. I, I was, um, I remember when I was younger I, that uh, it was a big thing, and I'm sure it is still now. It's just I'm not so much involved in it. But it's like after high school, students fall away from church. Then they go to college yeah. and they do a bunch of things. And it's like, uh, at the time, it was like 88% of uh, students yeah. leave the church whenever they go to the college, you know, and then they do whatever it is they do. And then some come back, you know, by God's grace, if they, they come back and they, they begin to live a Christian life. But, but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's something about being in the church that allows people to follow uh, God, to, to follow him. Isn't that weekly? Weekly accountability, if you want to call it that, too, that, you know, you can have a horrible week, even spiritually, of maybe not reading your Bible, not thinking about God, not praying. But if you know, I'm going to be in church on Sunday morning, it kind of gives you a reset to try. Well, next week will be different. You know, yeah, this week sure. I'm going to live for the Lord. This week I'm going to witness. I'm going to be victorious over sin. But, you know, it gives you that weekly reset, recommitment to him. And that's one thing I wanted to say is like the for the church. Uh, it's like you said, people come and go. People come and go, and the church, by God's grace, will be there always. It says that uh, Satan's not going to overcome his church. But as we come to the church, what is the role of like uh, the people in the church? What what what's the role of like my role? What's my part in the church? I thought, and when I thought about your question, I thought about the Great Commission. You know, going to all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so if our main role is to make disciples, you know, that's not just my role. That's the role of Sunday school teachers and discipleship leaders. But parents are making disciples of their children. Um, if you get the opportunity at work or in some other environment to, to mentor or to help make a disciple of a, another believer, you know, and, and sharing the gospel with people. So our role, every believer you know, there's a number somewhere you may have seen it. And I, I recently thought about it, that if, if I was the only Christian in the world and I won one person to Christ this year and next year, we both won one person to Christ. I forgot how many years. Have you seen that before that the whole world could yeah. be one to Christ in 30 years or something like that? 
you know, if it doubled every year. Yeah, power multiplication. And and if all, all the believers are doing that, of course we don't, but if we all did, it would it'd turn our world upside down. Yeah, it would. There would be an amazing change, man. Yeah. That's the yeah, so one of the goals of, of us is to be equipped to learn how to evangelize and to share right. the gospel. The Great Commission, a buddy of mine, um, I did an interview with him the other day. It was pretty good. Uh, we talked about Mormonism, and I know a lot of people kind of get confused between Christianity and Mormonism, and he kind of explained some of the differences. But what he said was important was that it was the Great Commission that either sending or help somebody send. It's like that. there's like no other way around it because that's what uh, uh, Jesus has called us to do. Well, and we have we got a big drug problem in our community, probably everywhere, but you know, it's also helping us learn to live in victory over sin, whether it's drugs or lust or alcoholism or cussing or whatever the sin might be in your life. You know, part of growing as a Christian is being able to live in victory over, over that sin. So I guess discipleship is a huge uh, part for the community or the church as, as a whole. It's right. that uh, that we we are we're called to disciple each other as we're growing, and that could be to uh, learn how to share the gospel and help others in that capacity, or also just to be able to have victory over sin. And that's the process of sanctification, where we begin to be holier and, and holier, more like Christ every day as we live. And I guess that is right. the value of the community of church. And so. Um, one, right. one thing I want, wanted to ask you is kind of like, if that's the case, then what is the, 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 like, how important is the community aspect of it, of being together as believers? And I thought about that when I read your list of questions, and my, one of my responses I typed out real quick was to encourage and minister to one another, which then made me think of all the one another statements in scripture. You probably studied those before that, you know, of, you know, of course, love one another is mentioned multiple times. By all means, everybody will know we're his disciples if we love one another. That's right. But also, you know, honoring one another, being of the same mind toward one another, um, build up one another. Um, bearing each other's burdens. Bearing each other's burdens, serving one another, even greeting one another with a holy kiss. All those things build us up and encourage us. And if you think about somebody who's new to church and begins to see those things happen in their life, they're going to want to come back and come back and come back because that's a place where they're welcomed and loved and feel a part of what God's doing there. So th- those one another verses came to mind when I thought about that question there. That that becomes, I didn't count how many I've got here in my notes, but a bunch of them. <laughs> you know, confess your sins to one another and be hospitable to one another. And all of those things are important in believers. Yeah, community is so important that we care for one another. And I like what you said earlier when it says that uh, Jesus said that will know us by our love for one another. And then, exactly. you, and then you piggybacked off of that and you said that uh, that's just what's going to have people coming back. You know, that's what's going to have yeah. people wanting to be a part of the community is our love yeah. for one another, bearing each other's burdens, caring for one another. Uh, that's a that's an aspect that seems all too necessary in life, especially where I'm, I'm at now is uh driving around in a van and living on my own. You know, I love, I love grace. We kick it together, have fun. We do a lot of things, but sometimes being ourselves, it gets kind of lonely, you know, because we, we mm-hmm. need to be encouraged and we need to grow 
we need to just have fellowship with uh, other believers. And uh, we actually are in Fort Worth right now, and it's it's been a big it's been a big joy to be able to hang out with uh, our home church now, um, to be yeah. able to to just kind of just have fellowship and and have community with these brothers and sisters in Christ. When think if we did the Christian life right, how many of our world's problems would be fixed? If you remember when we went up to around Jasper on that mission trip, that county's known to be a pretty bad racist county. We went to what vendor? You remember that one, Buffalo River Baptist Church or whatever it was called? wasn't Buffalo River, but um, you and your mom were there. You know, you got darker skin color than some of the rest of us, but <laughs> but they loved y'all. I mean, there was nothing. I mean, y'all they took y'all in and loved you, and none of the racist stuff you heard about that county wasn't there because they were a body of believers. We were body of believers there to help them out with their vacation Bible school, and I don't know if you remember that or not, but it was uh, it was neat. Yeah. You know, like I said, that, that area is known for racism and it wasn't there. And yeah. so if we're living for Jesus, that a lot of these problems that the world has would just would go away. You know, if Christians lived it right and if more people got saved. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Cause I, that's actually what I've been reading in Ephesians as well, is it just talks about that dividing wall of hostility being broken and that uh, down, the yeah. Two, yeah, the two become one, uh, having mm-hmm. peace, uh, being created into a new man. Uh, the Christian, yeah. and and that is uh, uh, something that happens in the community of believers. That's something that happens in the church. Yeah. The church, yeah. And if it's so important, then how do we foster that community? How do we help uh, others to uh, want to be a part of that, that community? Because, like you said, sometimes man, people just fall away. It seems like uh, kids leaving, and and um, you know, adults taking off too. It's like, how do we foster that community to help keep people in the family? If I knew the answer to that, <laughs> I don't mean that lightly. I, you know, I struggle with that when you got people that tell me I'm going to be there Sunday or I'm sorry I missed. And, you know, I, I've have, have had people multiple times come forward and rededicate themselves and we need to be back in church and then they'll miss the next four weeks and then show up again. And, you know, I just, I contact them, I visit them. I, you know, I don't try the heavy hand. I usually try, you know, we love you. We missed you. How are you doing? Maybe I ought to try to judge them and see if that would work. <laughs> You're sorry. Why would you... <laughs> that may have the opposite effect if you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Being nice is not working. So, <laughs> But people do want to know that they're loved. I mean, I stopped and visited with some neighbors a few weeks ago, and it was a mixed couple, a, black guy, a white guy, and black. his wife was black, and they asked, would they be accepted at our church? Are we very diverse? And, you know, I said, you know, we got your dad, you got, so we got one black family in our church, but I said, you'd be very welcome. And we had a great visit and he said, I'll be there Sunday. And that's been a month now. He hadn't, I don't know which Sunday he met, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was glad I stopped and talked to him. They were both, I mean, I visited with him for a long time. They were glad that we invited the church and all that. So, you know, sometimes as simple as us doing the most basic things of inviting people, you know, both of them said they were Christians already. They just weren't active in church right now. So, you know, maybe it's as simple as us get back about inviting people to church and telling them about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a man that's been, this is a neat story. This man has been walking on our parking lot for a while now. You know, he had a heart attack and just trying to stay in shape. And so I visited with him one day and invited him to church and, he said he got saved younger, but he's never been involved in church. Well, he showed up Sunday yesterday. Oh, wow. He was here. 
And we had a long visit this morning. He was out walking and he said he'll be back next Sunday. And I, I thought, wow, he's probably, I'm guessing in his seventies. I mean, he's uh, lost his wife. He's lost kids to death, but he's, you know, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Sometimes uh, just seeing people, especially uh, just that, that are around being able right. to just conversate with them, talk to them, let them know that, that you care about them. Just allows yeah. people to want to come just to be involved yeah. in something that they feel a part of. Cause I know there's some guys here um, that they come by and get some coffee in the morning. And when they come by and get coffee, it's like that. Everybody talks to them, hangs out with them, you know, um, they don't push them to do anything, but they do invite them. And then you just, you just see them come around just to be a part yeah. of the community. So we've talked a lot about um, Christians in the church and uh, because the church is, it is Christians. It's made up of Christians. But what is our relationship to the lost in as the church? I think we've got, again, the Great Commission to go out and get them, you know, to go into the hedges and highways and byways. And um, we, our church has got a food ministry. It's had it for about 20 years. And the theme of it is meeting needs in order to share Christ. And last uh, Tuesday or Thursday, I think it's last Tuesday. I walked a man out. To, we take their groceries out to their car, and I'm loading it and asking if he goes to church anywhere, and he didn't. And you know, he said something about, "I think I'm about ready to get saved." Oh yeah. <laughs> I, you know, like you know what? Do you know what that means? And he, so I shared the gospel with him, and he got saved right oh, there on the wow. parking lot. But whether it's food ministry or, you know, we've got a guy in our church that uh, actually uh, was in jail about a year ago. And he grew up in a Christian home, but he was, you know, not living for the Lord at all, not even saved. And one of the jail, one of the deputies shared the gospel with him and he got saved and he had not miss Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And he's, he's 60 turned 64 years old. He's not a kid and he's been inviting <laughs> friends. He's, he's inviting people in drug court with him, you know, and it's, it's just yeah. neat to see how God's using him. And then his nephew, who's 53, got saved at camp this year. He went up for family night and we've been witnessing oh, to him for months. Wow. And at family night, he got saved and you know, both of them had been baptized. Wow. So we've got to, you know, get out there and, and share the gospel with the lost. And, you know, it's really neat that God seems to be saving older people right now around here. Yeah, Cause I think of teenagers and so children rarity. getting saved, but we, yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I think that's man. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, like I said, the ministry that we do, it is for the, 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 the uh, to meet a physical need, but the physical need yeah. that is met also needs to be meeting the spiritual need, you know. Right. And it seems like that's what's happening down there at the church, man. It's so that's wonderful to see. And then not only that, that one thing led to another, but then that one person who came to Christ actually now has uh, his, 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 his nephew came to Christ, man. That's yeah. that's powerful stuff, man. Yeah, uh, that's that's so awesome to hear. Uh, yeah. it, it means there's still life in the church. It means there's still that's it. God yeah. is still moving, man. And sometimes I think we forget that. But that's the that's the point of the church is uh, to help us to realize that God's kingdom is still active and powerful and moving, even in a world that seems to be so um, dark and, and 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 difficult at times. Yeah. Uh, so if uh, you know. Say I do get saved uh, somewhere and I'm off, uh, you know, just um, not in, in, in any place, in particular place. And I settle down. I figure, man, I got to look for a church, man. 
what what are some of the things that uh I need to to look for in order to to know or to to go to church like what are some things that um you would suggest I do to find a church you know Christ needs to be the center of what they preach and what they teach you know his death burial and resurrection and salvation only through Christ the bible needs to be taught i mean it needs to be you know I, i'm old fashioned i hold up my bible when i read from it there, I'm on camera now. I hold up my Bible when I read from it, when I preach, so people know that I'm preaching God's Word. So that needs to be central in what we do. Um, I knew a preacher one time. This, maybe I'm going off track, but he had retired. He was working our association in Texas. He had a family visit him one time, visit his church, and he went to visit him on you know Monday night or whatever, and he said, we won't be back to your church. And he said, why not? And he said, you, you talk too much about Jesus. And so, I'm like, that'd be the greatest compliment in the world, you know. So, but I've also I went to a church one, I went to a church one time, and the preacher preached on the light, and I don't think he ever mentioned God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit the whole sermon. So you know, and, and it could have been some unusual thing, but you know, Christ needs to be the center of what they do, and it needs to be, you know, the biblical Jesus and the Word of God and need to be people that love and support each other, you know, yeah. and, and be, I, I tell them this, you know, a lot of churches, you've heard this before, think they're friendly because they're friendly to each other, especially smaller churches. When that first time visitor walks in, you know, it's not that they're trying to be unfriendly. They're just not used to it. So give a church a time or two. If you go in and the music's good, the preaching's good, but you felt like they weren't very friendly, go back a time or two and you know, give them a chance to, to reach out to you and support you. But it should also be, and I thought of this one, a church, sin should not be accepted. You know, in our world today that we've, we've kind of watered everything down and you don't want to go to a church that's open to everything that goes on in our world and, you know, accepting every kind of sin out there. You know, they need to stand for righteousness and, and the truth of God's word. I think, uh, man, I like what you said, though, about... Um... Well, actually, I liked a lot of what you said. First off, I guess the last part where you said about sin is that it's important for um, us as a church to stand for righteousness. Because uh, mm -hmm. like you said, there's been a lot where people have fallen away from that. And I think there was something happened maybe with the, the, the Methodists I'd heard and they did some kind of thing. And there's a lot of uh, influx that's been happening here at Fort Worth, I think, of uh, of people that are going from that denomination to come over to uh, Healing Street because of that. But um, another yeah. thing I like you said is that for those who uh, go to church and they seem like it, it seems like it's unfriendly is that they're not trying to be unfriendly. And uh, I think yeah. I, as I've been going to churches, cause I travel, I try and go to church on Sundays, you know, still, cause like I said, I need that, that community of believers. And at some churches, I realize that they aren't as friendly but in my mind, I know that uh, it's because they're probably not used to as many people coming in because we don't always we don't go to big cities because uh, we, we got yeah. little cities sometimes, man. And, it, and that's such a tight knit group. But as I continue to like as, as, if I open my mouth and I talk, then that's when those people begin to open theirs. And they begin to show yeah. like their love and their care for us. And they start responding because it's something about Christians and, and believers that uh, you're family, and it's just that uh, it's it's just being being able to overcome those kind of uh, um, fears, those kind of uh, you know 
uh, introverted, I guess, type fears, man. And, and I've noticed that. Yeah, give a church a time or two. Well, and it's a, it's a two-way thing. You know, when you slip in at the last second, you sit on the back row, and then as soon as the final amen happens, you run out the door and you go, nobody spoke to me at that church. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, yeah, it's a little bit you, uh, you, hard to see them. If you get there a few minutes early and you sit in the middle and you shake some people's hands, you might, you know, somebody might invite you to lunch if you're, you know, if you're friendly yourself. So it's, it is yeah. a two-way thing. I think that's super important, man, because it it is, is people always want to say, oh, this church got to be this way, this church got to be this way, and they should, of course, they should go out, they should be, you know, super friendly and, and inviting to everybody, but it's hard to do that yeah. every day, 100% of the time, and so whenever we allow for a church to do that, uh, I think uh, I think it's uh, the Prince of Preachers, uh, Charles Spurgeon, as he said, man, yeah. he's like, you'll never find a perfect church. And if you did, as soon as you went there, it wouldn't be perfect no more. That's right. <laughs> Get out. You're going to mess it up. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I just uh, um, want to leave with one, one, one more question here uh, for you. Is, is why are you so uh, passionate about the church? Like, well, what has caused you to want to be a pastor of a church and to grow a church and, um, and follow Christ? Well, when we first uh, got married, we got married in November. And the next spring, it was actually Palm Sunday. We, we were not going to church. We were Neither one of us were Christians. We thought we were, but we weren't. And we visited a church from the denomination that Karen had been involved in. And they were very unfriendly, not intentional. It was, looking back, it was during the boom in Houston. So they probably had a bunch of, ton, a ton of new people coming. It was Palm Sunday, so... Probably half the people there weren't members of that church anyway. But So we didn't go back. We went to another church a year later, and it was a Baptist church, and people were just overwhelmingly friendly, welcomed us, loved us. And we went to an early service. It wasn't a big church, but they had an early service and a Sunday school and a late service. They invited us to stay for Sunday school, and we did. And the third week there, we joined, and two years later, we got saved. But um, that's a different story. But, you know, churches— <laughs> A little backwards, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But, I mean, it, we found love. We found fr lifelong friends. I mean, we got some friends coming in this coming weekend, still live in Sugarland area, that they're up in Fayetteville, and we're going to get together Sunday afternoon, you know, that we met 30, 40 years ago now. So it's, it's you know, yeah. stuff like that. You know, our kids, some of those people we met in that church, our kids call the man, they've died now, but called him Gramps. I mean, they were like grandparents yeah. to our kids. So, you, you know, you make family. Uh, you get equipped. Like I said, I've gotten equipped, you know, to serve the Lord probably as much in my local church as I did going to seminary, you know, getting to do, do different things and serve in different ways. So I'm, and I just encourage people dive in. Don't just go on Sunday morning. If you go to church, you go to Sunday school, anything else they have, dive in and do it. Yeah. Church is about doing as being. Yeah. 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 That's uh that that can't that's that statement couldn't be oversaid, man. Man, I yeah. appreciate you uh coming on the coming on the podcast with me, man, and and uh, helping our listeners to kind of know a little bit more about the church, the importance of the church, and how good it is and how awesome it is, man. Because uh, yeah. like you, man, the church has been vital in my life, man, and that uh, there are friends that are lifelong that I may not talk to them all the time, but as soon as I see them and talk to them, it's like it we never missed a beat. You know, that's, and yeah. so, uh, and that's the that's the power of the community 
of believers is is it's just that we can we can never never miss a step because well, yeah. we're gonna have this for eternity, you know. And uh, that's that's so powerful. So I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you want to leave leave us with? Are you uh, any anything you want to share? Any place that they can find you if if, if they want to look for you to learn more about you? I'm on uh, Facebook, Tom Dykus on Facebook. It says Second Baptist Church, and I think Cross and Shield Ministries. I'm a chaplain, so it's if you're trying to figure out which Tom Dykus it is, that's that's the one. I got on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, but I don't know anything about it yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you started the Instagram journey, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I've I had to see my links, man, so you can watch all my videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah, <laughs> for so, sure, for so, sure, man. Well, it was good talking to you, man, and I appreciate you yeah. again for getting on the show. And uh, we'll we'll try and get we'll try and get that Instagram handle out there for you. So. So everybody will start following you on Instagram. Yes, Tom. <laughs> Tom. Dykus is Instagram thing. So, <laughs> uh, that's awesome, man. Well, appreciate you again, and uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Okay. God bless you.